Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN SC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Ali Moreno and Stevie Nicker. We'll kick things off in the Premier League. Friday night action at Selhurst Park. Crystal Palace taking on Tottenham. An instantly forgettable game, I think it's fair to say. But Spurs won't care as they win by two goals to one. An own goal from Ward would open the scoring early on in the second half. Good play would see Don Son double their advantage. A late goal for AU would prove to be just a consolation as Spurs get the win. And what that means now, they are five points clear at the top of the table. Uh, Don Hutchinson uh, joins us, but uh, let's start with you, Stevie, as a man who won many league titles. This game instantly forgettable. Yep. But, uh, you don't care. If you're a Spurs player or a fan, you shouldn't care. No, you, you're going to have games where you're just not at your best. But the trick is to, to win them. And honestly, I was sitting watching this and I started thinking about Leicester City. Right. Because all the talk, and certainly all that I've been talking about, is Spurs don't have the squad to last the season. But that's exactly what I and everybody else said about Leicester City. But because they went in Europe, because they just went from Saturday to Saturday, pretty much. Mm -hmm. uh, today it was Friday. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> and that's why they got out. That's why bit of up the way injuries, suspension, stuff like that, and they actually held on for the whole season. So that's kind of what I was thinking. I certainly wasn't thinking about how great the performance was, mm. but at the end of the day, again, doesn't matter if you don't play well but still get the point, and nobody should complain. Don, do these sort of results give you a little more hope with regards to Spurs and their finishing position come the end of the season? Yeah, um, listen, I know quite a few Spurs fans, and they're all sort of saying, and I concur with them, where I wouldn't get carried away. Just enjoy the ride. I mean, the, the, the Spurs under Conte and Spurs under Mourinho won games, but then it was pretty dire, the football. It was a soap opera off the pitch. Now you're looking at a manager. I don't know if you guys seen his interview afterwards, but I put it on social media. It was hilarious. The English <laughs> pundits sort of had a little go at him afterwards and went, well, you're just copying Pep, aren't you? And he went, to be fair, I am. He went, why not? And he went and he analysed one game and that's Man City every single week. So he's just, he's one of them where I tweeted again, I think about 45 minutes ago, the players now for Tottenham must be bouncing into training. It must be amazing. You hear his interview, you see the coach and the manager that he is. He's very likeable, puts on, I would imagine, great sessions and the players are enjoying it. The results are there. They're unbeaten in 10, first time since the 60s. Just keep enjoying the ride. It's amazing. Interesting you bring up. Postacoglu and training because I saw an interview with him and something which really surprised me Stevie was the fact he says that he purposely doesn't get too close to players so he said he could be working for a player for two years and maybe they've only spoken for five minutes mm. which intrigues me because the manner in which he conducts himself you would imagine he's you know in your face all the time you've done well there you done you haven't done well there you know he keeps his distance on purpose is that something that you would do? Are you surprised by that? Like, uh, To a certain extent, I did the same. Um, and that's why Paul was so good. Not just his knowledge about football, but with the players. Because he said he doesn't want to get too personal. No. No, because everything's great when you're winning games, you're top of the league, the whole thing. There are going to be challenges between now and the end of the season. And he's going to have challenges between now and however long he is at Tottenham. And there's going to be times where he's going to have to tell somebody they're not playing. And there's going to be times when he's going to have to tell somebody they're out the door. And so you need to know them without being too close where it gets personal. Right. And that's, that's, that's the trick. Yeah, that's quite a balance, isn't it? To, to have them on your side 
to where they'll probably all say right now they would run through a brick wall for you, but to keep it far enough away that when it comes to tough decisions, you just do it. And it, and it, and it doesn't... And was that something that you experienced during those successful Liverpool periods, that there would be that distance between managers um, and players? I, yeah, I mean... Well, yeah, Paisley. Paisley only spoke to you if he had to. Right. You spoke to Ronnie or Roy. Yes. Joe. Over the assistant. Yeah. And then Joe became the manager and it was the same. You spoke to, you know, if it was something something really important or something that you had to know, you spoke to the manager. But again, same thing, there's a distance. And Kenny was the same. You know, Kenny was Kenny Douglas was always part of the jokes as well. But then when he became the manager, he had to step back from that. Right. And he was still you you was you were still friends, not the world. But without the carry-on and without the wind-ups and all the other things. So, yeah, 100%, there has to be some sort of distance between you and the players. And as I started with saying, Paul Mariner, and I'm, I'm not quite sure who Postacogli's assistant is, but he'll be that person that's right. closer to the players, who listens to the players, who then goes back to the manager and the manager decides what to do. So, absolutely, 100%, the assistant is the one it gets way closer than the manager. But th that, that dynamic is easier to manage and to handle if you're winning matches. Right. If yeah. you're winning games. Because if you're not, if there is controversy, if there is a negative patch, now there is a need to have communication. There is a need to be able to uh, have a conversation with a player that may not be going through a good spell. And you can't just leave that to the assistant coaches. Every so often, there's got to be the manager, who indeed is the decision maker that comes in and tightens the screws and is the one that actually gets the attention of everybody. So while I understand when they're winning, it's fine to keep a distance, at times there is a player that may need a little pat in the back, a right. little arm around the shoulder. There may be another one that you need to get in his face about something, and that is what managing is all about, being able to read the different personalities that you have in that locker room and be able to adapt and to adjust so when it comes to Saturday, you're getting the very best from everybody. It's, not a, it's, it, it's a balance, but it's a balance that is much, easy, much easier to attain when you're winning. When you're losing is when all of this is to be tested, when all of this comes into question. As a manager, you need to know what's going on in the dressing room. Mm -hmm. And you can't be that person. Okay. Because as soon as you walk in the dressing room, if, if you're respected and you're held the way you should be, everybody goes quiet, everybody stands at attention, it's just completely different. So you need to have the rest of your staff able to just melt into the background, walk through the dressing room and, and know what's going on. Because if you don't know what's going on in your dressing room, then when things get tough, you don't know how to fix certain things that, that could affect what's going on on the field. Don, I find this fascinating just from the outside looking in because of his persona. You mentioned his post-match interviews. You mentioned like, he's everyone's best mate, chatting, you know, talking. But he, he, he clearly doesn't need to be that person to gain respect, and he's clearly made that choice so it doesn't get personal. Yeah, I think, I think there's everything to like about him, Dan. I think he can obviously hold that conversation where he can be funny and he can be approachable if needed. He, he might be thinking his management style is instead of saying a million words, it carries more weight if he just says, I don't know, 10 or 15 words in that team talk when you, when you need that vital bit of information instead of waffling on you know, for ages and ages where players like goldfish will switch off after about a minute when a manager's talking to you. But if he says, 
you know, a couple of vital things. He might think that carries more weight. And it was interesting when Stevie said before about Leicester, and I tend to agree, and this is not a downer on Spurs whatsoever, but the next six fixtures will tell us how far they're actually going to go. And if they can try and be title contenders, they've got Chelsea up next. There's Villa in there. There's West Ham. There's Man City. There's Newcastle. So there's going to be some tough games to come. But like I said before, Dan, I think there's going to be games where Tottenham are going to be so enjoyable to watch, but they might be on the wrong end of a 3-2. But so what? It's so much better, the football that the Tottenham fans are going. And they're so more optimistic that they're going to see a good game and a good performance, forgetting the result. Obviously, they want the results, but they know they can't, they can't run before they can walk. And let's take a look at those next six fixtures, Don. How many points do they need to convince you that they are title contenders from these ties? Oh, quite a few. I mean, I, mean, I would imagine the Chelsea and Wolves games. Chelsea are just starting to come back into a little bit of form, but... I think those two games in the immediate future, not many people around the world will probably realise how good Aston Villa are under Unai Emery. They are a really, really good side. Then you look at Man City. Then you look at West Ham, a London derby. And then Newcastle. So I think you're probably looking, I think you're probably looking at about 12 points there, Dan. If they take wow. 12 okay. points-ish from, from that, you know, and they, they could really convince a lot of people on the way that they could be here to stay. I think in the immediate future, you know, while there's no Champions League football and he can spend time on the grass, I think Tottenham fans probably at a certain point probably now would bite your hands off for top four. But if they're taking three points for quite a few of them fixtures, four might turn into three and then all of a sudden they might be in a, in a title race. What do you think, Steve? And we're done. Four wins out of six. Yeah. Man, Man City, losing to Man City would be acceptable, uh, as, was, as would be Newcastle. You know, teams that we think are going to be in the top four... But the other ones, if, if you want to be A, challenging and mm -hmm. be in the top four, yep. you have to win the other ones. The Chelsea, the Wolves, the Villa. Uh, and I can't remember what the other one was, but those four... West Ham, was it? West Ham. You've got, you got to win those four. To, con to contend, no question, you've got to win at least four of those six. But to be in the top four, again, you need to win four of the six. Because the other two are acceptable if you come out the wrong side. And let's take a look at the odds, shall we, then, for the oh. top four, Ali? Oh. Okay. What do you think? Spurs? I say top four, yeah. Right. The, the way that they're playing right now and they're finding a consistency that I think should be encouraging for Spurs players and Spurs fans alike. Here's what I would say about today's game. You say it's instantly forgettable, and yes, it is. But the one thing that I think Spurs can gain from this game against Crystal Palace is the fact that in years past, this would have been an example of a game in which they would have dropped points because they were underwhelming, because they didn't create as many opportunities, because they weren't nearly as good as they had been up until that point. Today, this season, different year, different story, they get the three points and move on. If they can do that in those matches that Stevie's talking about, Aston Villa and West Ham and so on and so forth, they don't care how they go about it. It is getting to the point to where Spurs just needs to win games. And, and have everybody else worry about them, just like they're going to worry about them going into the weekend. Now Spurs are five points ahead. Everybody else needs to play, and they're having to keep up with Spurs. That's a great place to be. So from that perspective, as I said, top four, very much in play for Spurs. It's a realistic goal, and at this point, they should be shooting for something higher than that. Uh, we've got a billion Spurs questions that our producer has picked for extra time. <laughs> uh, you, can check that out. <laughs> you can check that out over on our YouTube channel. Holland, De Bruyne, Stevie and Shepard, Spy, Shaka and Naps, all great teammates. But what's the perfect teammate for growing your business? Well, that's Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
Shopify makes it easy for you to show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style with gorgeous, flexible templates and powerful tools. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash FC. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash FC now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash FC. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, speaking of El Clasico, let's go ahead to that starter in Christian Alexander, who caught up with Ilkay Gundogan. Where are the biggest challenges, you think? Where will they come from, thinking about this team, Real Madrid? I mean, we can't deny their individual, individual quality, first of all. Um, I think they have uh, amazing players. They're able to always create, you know, with one, two players, uh, goal-scoring opportunities. But also, this season already has shown um, that they're vulnerable. Um, and um, that uh, you can, you can, you can of course beat them, you know. And the longer we keep the ball and we have possession, the more difficult it's going to get for them, you know, running behind, behind us. And if we don't allow easy mistakes to happen, you know, in our possession, then I'm very certain that uh, there can be only just, uh, just one winner. Looking ahead to our Classico, we've uh, let Stevie go for the oh. moment. Oh, we've had to replace him with four people. That's how important Stevie is. Uh, we welcome Alexis Nunes, Sid Lowe, uh, Luis Garcia. Maka, did you think this was radio today? What's going on? <laughs> See that lovely city behind me, mate? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, I'm just off to explore it yeah. as soon as you finish with you. Yeah, exactly. Look at the state of that. I can't even tuck your shirt in. Oh. Hey, Maka, you should be looking forward to it. It should be a good game, shouldn't yes, it? Yes, mate. It should be a good match. It should be an, ama it should be an amazing game, mate. Of course, we've got... We're not in the Camp Nou for the for the first time in a long time. Of course, we're in we're in Montjuic, and um, the atmosphere might be might be slightly more easy for the Real Madrid fans. But still, it's a fantastic game. I mean, El Clasico spoken about all over the world. I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait to see what kind of side Xavi puts out tomorrow in Barcelona, because of course there's lots of stories about different injury problems. But Real Madrid go into the game, and they must be very confident with all these stories and the fact that they're sitting pretty where they are at the moment.
Uh, Luis, a lot of speculation about who's going to play. Xavi, of course, delaying to name his squad. Normally, that's named 24 hours before kickoff. We've asked you to give us kind of a guess and insight into what you think your starting 11 is going to be. If you're Xavi, who are you pushing hardest to start? Is it Lewandowski? Lewandowski is one of them. Of course, I think after he's received a, a knock and he got a, an, a, an ankle problem, he's one of those. When you have a hamstring problem, a calf problem, something that he, he got a, a muscle involved, you're going to be more uh, careful with it. You're not going to risk it because you know he can snap at any second. But if, if he's a pain because of an ankle or you twist it or something like that, uh, with an anti-inflammatory, I'm sure that Lewandowski is going to say, yes, I want to play on this game because they know how important it is. In the middle of the park, you know that with Frankie Young, everything looks different. But it's going to be tricky to, to try to get him involved from the, from the start. So I will go for Gundogan, Fermin and, and Gabi to give a lot of uh, fresh legs, uh, to get a lot of work in, into the middle of the field and give Gundogan the chance of, of build from the back. I think that has been very important. Ro Oriol Romeo has been sloppy sometimes on the build-up, so I guess that in transition uh, he struggled a little bit. So I will go uh, for that, giving a chance uh, up front, of course, to Joao Felix and Rafinha, if he's ready, I think it's going to be tricky, so Lamir Yamal could be the one in both of Rantore. But the most important, I think, is right there in the middle with Lewandowski. That is your top scorer, and you know that when he's on the field, everybody's looking at him because he's so dangerous when he's into the box. Alexis, is a story that you follow quite closely, Jao Felix, and what a couple of months it's been for him coming out and saying, I want to play for Barcelona, and we were like, yeah, really, good luck with that. <laughs> Not only does he make the move, he makes an impact, and he looks like he's going to start in El Clasico. Yeah, exactly. Joao Felix, I mean, for so many seasons now, I think we've been wondering when is he going to finally get at home from Atletico de Madrid to Chelsea just to see a team give him that chance and become the Joao Felix that we all knew, I suppose, was in there. And then now at Barcelona, it's like a new life has been breathed upon him so much so. And you, just to give you an idea of how important he's become to this team, I was at that Champions League game just midweek against Shakhtar. And when he went down, he took a knock to his hip. Fans were just absolutely silent. They said, absolutely not. If it's one person and now that we cannot lose after the fact that they have been dealing without the likes of Rafinha and Lewandowski as well. It cannot be Joao Felix as well. He, of course, recovered. He spoke to us um, in the media day and just talked about how he finally feels like he's been set free. He's been allowed to play. He said that Xavi lets him play with freedom, which is something that we know a certain Cholo Simeone doesn't necessarily do. And, of course, the situation at Chelsea, we really don't know what Chelsea wants to do at the moment right now. But Joao Felix definitely has become such an important player for Barcelona and this is going to be a massive massive game for him and a chance to prove what he's already been proving and that he is truly a special talent. Meanwhile another name that maybe people won't be as familiar with is Fermin Lopez who even made Craig smile with his performance what? midweek Chris. I'm sorry what? <laughs> Ooh, what? I don't I I don't need to add anything, do I, if, if, if that's what he's achieved? Oh. That's all you need in life. He, he was very, very good indeed in midweek. Obviously, scored scored a really brilliant goal, but it wasn't that. It was the whole performance. It was, you know, we've been talking about Jude Bellingham as as, as looking confident, looking in charge of the, the environment. And what Fermin Lopez did in midweek was that. It was to say, OK, give me the ball. I want to be involved all over the pitch. And, and actually, it really, really stood out because although he's impressed so far, he'd not had a performance quite like that where he was the main player. And to look at him, by the way, we still don't know for sure where he's going to end up playing. In theory, he's an inside midfielder, but he's sometimes played as kind of an auxiliary forward when Barcelona have had injuries there. He's sometimes played off the forward, almost at the top of a midfield diamond. We don't know where he's going to end up playing. What we do know, and Xavi said this the other day, is that this guy definitely has a Barcelona future. What Xavi then did add was 
that doesn't necessarily mean he'll start in the Classico. There's question marks about where Cancela will play, mm. Ali, given that Vinicius Junior would be the man that he'd be marking up against. We know what he brings going forward. Defensively, is he up to this task? <laughs> to mark Vinicius Junior? The answer is no, if indeed that's the matchup. Now, you put Joao Cancelo there also with the idea that if Joao Cancelo is going to push up, Vinny Jr. is going to have some defensive responsibilities. And if Vinny is going to cheat and is going to hang out whoever is going to be on that left-back position, whether that's Camavinga or that's Fran Garcia or whoever it may be that Ancelotti puts there, then guess what? My idea would be that Ronald Araujo is shifting to the right-hand side of the back line and he would be aware of Vinny Jr. of a possible counterattack and transition moment. But Cancelo, I think, plays because he is and now let the Barcelona need down the right-hand side. Otherwise, Barcelona becomes very left-hand, very left-sided. They don't have an outlet on the right-hand side. Everything goes down the left. They become more predictable. If you're Barcelona and you're playing at home, you want to dictate how this game is going to play. And part of dictating how the game is going to play is having Cancelo as an option down the right-hand side. Uh, meanwhile, for Real Madrid, Macro, I'm a little concerned that Jude Bellingham might be just overcome with nerves going into this. <laughs> Yeah, I believe he's terrified, Dan. He can't, he can't believe he's playing in this game. Um, yes, I mean, Real, Real Madrid, after their in, early injury problems with, of course, Thibaut Courtois and Militao have been relatively OK. There's talk about Phil and Mendy might come in at left-back tomorrow. I mean, Camavinga has played there in previous games, but there is talk about Phil and Mendy coming in and just because he's better defensively and Camavinga coming in off the bench. But apart from that, Real Madrid are relatively unchanged. They're in a good, good vein of form. Bellingham's been excellent of course as Ali rightly said Vinicius Junior Rodrigo are playing well so I think the team speaks for itself and they should be very confident coming into this game yeah most definitely Luis obviously it's something we talked about quite a lot is that that front two Vinicius Junior and Rodrigo Rodrigo getting a goal midweek they need to click don't they if they're going to be successful tomorrow yeah, definitely. They need to have a coffee, they, we used to say. It's a, it's a partnership that is still not working the way that, that we were expecting. Uh, everybody was waiting to see if uh, Rodrigo will step forward, will say, listen, Enzema is not here, so I can be in charge of uh, the goal scoring. Last year, I think he was very impressive. He did so well. He started uh, uh, gaining confidence. But this year looks like when there is no center forward, there is no someone there who kind of stick with the center forward has allowed him to be more satellite around them. Uh, he's just struggling. Vinicius, we all know that he's not his favorite position. As, as the game starts going forward, he leans a little bit to, to, the, to the left side, leaving a lot of space for Rodrigo to cover. And he's not finding those spaces, he's not finding the rhythm. And of course, uh, Ancelotti is waiting for him to score in goals. Let's see if tomorrow is a, is a way of saying and prove that, listen, I'm here, I want to be that, that player, I want to be uh, important for the team, and I can be the man who scores goals. But definitely uh, so far, He's been with a good and bad, uh, bad moment. Uh, let's take a look at predictions, shall we? That everyone has given us ahead a of kickoff, and everyone's a bit useless, really, because it doesn't help us. All in right, particular. Well, I'm glad uh, we're doing it then, Dan. Uh, Thank you. Stevie and Sid have gone for Real Madrid. Alexis and Luis have gone for Barcelona. Wow. Uh, Craig K, Shaka Ali gone for draws. Uh, Alexis, why have you gone for Barcelona? 
Oh, do you know, after everything today, I feel like I really wanted to message our producer and take my prediction back, but I'm oh. going to stick to it. And I think well, it's that's really just helpful, Alexis. Thanks for that. I know, look, I know Real Madrid. I know Real Madrid are favourites going into this one. We've talked so much about how vulnerable Barcelona look at the back, and that is so true. And just thinking of a Jude Bellingham going after them really does scare me for Barcelona. But you know what? One thing that this Barca under Xavi has is a fight. It's a fight. And even though the atmosphere is going to be a bit different here, at Montjuic. I've already done two matches here against Betis and against Sevilla, the two Andalusian teams. And it does get dicey. It does get feisty. They're able to still bring some atmosphere and I think it will still play a part. So I'm going to go with a fighting Barcelona to just get a victory here at Montjuic. Sid, I've known you for 18 years and during all that time you've said 2-2 for every <laughs> Clasico. Yet, for some reason, now you've gone for 2-1 Real Madrid. I knew that was coming because you're right. I do almost always go for the 2-2, which comes off more often than you might expect. Um, I, I think fundamentally the reason is, is exactly as we've been talking about in the in the show, which is the, is the injury problems that Barcelona have. Uh, it's the way that, that actually really and truly Real Madrid are not playing particularly brilliantly either, but they're, they're finding results. They've got three or four really good performers within a kind of a collective structure that may not be entirely working, but individually it is. Although it is also true that Barcelona, they won the league mm. doing this last year, maybe don't always convince us, but they do compete. But I just think with those with those key injuries, I, I just think Real Madrid shade it tomorrow. Uh, Luis, former Barcelona midfielder, what is it about Barca that you're going for tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> I know that it looks strange, and then I think, but Real Madrid is still vulnerable. And uh, Gundogan just mentioned it. We've seen it so far this season that also the partnership at the back is not working. There is a lot of maladjustment. There is a lot of moments. We saw them at Champions League during the midweek. In the last 20 minutes, they struggled to, to keep the, the goal without conceding chances. And that's something that when you play against Barcelona, you know that you're going to have opportunities. So I think that it's going to be a very tight uh, game, but I still think that Barcelona, even with the youngster, even with those fearless young boys that they are going to come into the game, I think they have chances to to get the, win the, the trophy, uh, to win the game. Not talking about big scores, but definitely have the chance of winning. You and Lexi's very convincing in your <laughs> Barcelona arguments, it, it must be said. <laughs> uh, if you're looking to make money, go to the expert, obviously. Uh -huh. Take a look at these bets, Alex. Okay. Right. Bellingham to score any time. I know that's a kind of a given, right. but that's a nice one. The one I really oh, like. Never mind the numbers. Gabby. Gabby never mind the numbers. Well, look at that. You're looking into my soul yeah, right now. Look at that. What is that? That was pre-kids and marriage. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> so much life. Uh, Gabby to receive a booking is plus 120. That is Great value. Uh, you put that, parlay that with Bellingham. That's plus five two seven, Ali. That is a lot of money indeed. Hold on uh, a second, but what, what score did you pick? One one. That that was in your prediction. That's one one. Yeah. Okay. So we agree. Well, yeah. That's. Oh, that's, that's, that's not good. good. Although since Alexis spoke, I might go for Real Madrid. Yes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> change, change your mind. <laughs> Everybody's doing it. <laughs> uh, that's it. Fantastic. Are you Ian Dark? You and Ian Dark going out tonight, Maka, for your traditional uh, night before out. Yeah, absolutely, of course we are. I'm going out now. He's going to meet me out. <laughs> Beautiful. On, Beautiful. Thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated, as always. Real Madrid against Barcelona, of course, then will be live tomorrow on ESPN+. Plus. Coverage starts at 9 a.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Then switch to Plus. Kickoff is at 10.15 as we bring you everything you'll need to know ahead of one of the biggest games of the year. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more.
If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So one down, nine to go in the Premier League. Four ties here on Saturday, including Arsenal against Sheffield United. And Mikel Arteta had some interesting things to say about having more substitutes uh, ahead of this game. We will need more players. There's no secret. The players have certain uh, amount of energy and the battery lasts so long. If not, we will burn them. And uh, we will need more players if that's the case and we have to adapt. Well, if we have more games, more competitiveness, and, and, and physically the standards are high, we're going to play more minutes, we have to do that, or we have to, instead of five subs, we can have ten, you know. Now the five subs is something normal. If it was a big fight to go from three to five. So I cannot imagine now a game in the conditions that we are in today, after the last year and the World Cup, that we didn't have the five subs. It would be so difficult. Uh, we welcome back to the studio. Steve Nichol is with us. Oh, Gab's wearing checks tonight. Jack, what are you up to, Gab? I've never seen you in checks before. Well, I, I figured Halloween is coming around, and, uh, <laughs> you know, but it seemed like... Yeah, everybody puts checks on checks. Halloween, don't they? There you are. Beautiful. Uh, Don back exactly. with us as well. Uh, Don, 10 subs. That's a lot. <laughs> That is a lot, and um, that would favour the big clubs like you wouldn't believe. Can you imagine if Luton Town wanted 10 subs, what sort of standard they'd be bringing off the bench? I would imagine a lot of kids, um, so he's crying because he's got a couple of injuries, potentially a couple of big ones if Jesus is missing and Martinelli and Saka's played an awful lot of games. I half get his point, but very, very far-fetched if he wants 10 substitutions. Uh, Gam, what's the chances? Um... I don't know. I, I, I possibly a, a, at some point, I don't know if we jump from five to 10, but can I just say this notion that more subs uh, favor bigger teams because they have bigger names on the bench. Um, it's been statistically proven. We, we've got years of data. That's not actually the case. Well, the biggest mm -hmm. discriminant is a difference between uh, the guys you have on the pitch and the guys you can bring on. So if you have very good players on the pitch and you're replacing them with very good players, um, then obviously that helps you. If you've got average players on the pitch and you're replacing them with average players off the bench, uh, then it kind of works out the same. 
all it means is that I think it gives managers more leverage to, 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 to switch things around, that, you know, to maybe mitigate the effects of, of fatigue uh, and whatnot. So I, I wouldn't, I don't know how much I agree with Don that it would necessarily favor uh, the bigger clubs. It just depends how, how the clubs are constructed. Well, it would, Gab, because if, if a team like Arsenal and the teams who have got a lot of money to spend would buy big money players for their eleven, therefore they would drip down onto the bench. So if you've got a massive budget, like I would imagine the top four, top five, six have, the teams that are coming up from the championship haven't got the same sort of budget. So therefore, necessarily, you'd be looking at a team and a squad and benches that are not going to be as strong if teams have got so much money to spend to strengthen their teams and squads. But but it all depends. I mean, everybody has a twenty-five man squad, so it all depends how do you how you construct that. Do you do you build your squad with uh, eleven superstars, or do you want a twenty-five man squad where everybody is roughly uh, everybody is roughly equal? You know, your your third choice right back isn't going to play very often. But if you if you set it up in such a way that maybe he's roughly equal to your first choice and second choice, uh, and and then maybe you dole out the playing time differently. Uh, it's it's not as if Arsenal are going to sign 50 players um, and Luton Town will just be stuck with with 11. You know, Luton Town also have the same number, uh, comparable number of senior pros. They're not as good because Luton Town aren't as good, and uh, you know they have maybe what one tenth the resources that uh, Arsenal do. I'm going to draw a line um, under the, that discussion uh, <laughs> yes, for, the, for the moment. Uh, Stevie, 10 substitutions? What's an absolute lot of nonsense. <laughs> yep. I, I, I mean, to, to, to talk about it is, is, is... We shouldn't even be talking about it. Uh -huh. How stupid is it? I, I mean, really, come on. He's talking about the fact, obviously, Party's injured. We see Jesus injured. Oh, again. Wowee. Listen, part of... Part of... You know, we, we talk about league titles... Regardless of what country it is, because over a longer period of time, and you have to be more consistent over a period of time, and there's a lot of things go into it. Sometimes it's the team's just so good, it plays such great football, scores loads of goals, wins in style. But a lot of it is the other bits. There's a lot of reasons why different people watch football. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason as well is 38 games takes... Great desire, it takes fitness, it takes strength, it takes all of those things, apart from ability and, and, and having a big squad and all the rest of it. So if you start throwing 10 subs in because you can take people off and they get a little bit tired, mm. I mean, you're taking, you're taking a part of the game away. I mean, so it's just madness. It's absolute nonsense, 10 subs. As a player, how would you feel about it, Ali? Awful. I mean, where does it stop? Might as well become basketball. You, know, you can come in and out as, as long as you want or as much as you want. It, it, see, there's a thing about being a starter, right? There is something about being a starter and earning that place and keeping that place. When you have, like, let's just throw that number because Mikel Arteta threw that number out, but I'm with you, Stevie, having this conversation validates the nonsense. Ten players, ten substitutes that you can bring onto the field. You are changing Essentially, the whole look of the team. You are changing everything about the game. And so the game that you, were, that you began to play is not the same game that you end up playing. And in changing that, you're also taking away, and I, I agree wholeheartedly with Stevie, you're taking away from the fitness factor. Fitness, 
fitness, somebody that can run forever and ever and ever, that is an ability. And to be able to, at the 80th minute, have more energy than the guy next to you who you're fighting against, who you're battling with, and that gives you an advantage, you're taking that advantage away because now we want to have 10 substitutes. Again, we're changing the look of the sport. We're changing the sport as a whole. We're changing everything about the sport unnecessarily so. Nobody, we go back to an era in which there were two substitutes, two. Right? Stevie's oh, well. got one finger up okay. if you're listening in the well, podcast. Okay. Yeah. One. Okay. One. There was only one. One. Yeah. And there we well, go. That's, and, that's, and, that's and before my time. And the generation before me, there was none. Wow. Right. And, and, and while, okay, the game can progress, the game can evolve, can move forward, this is a leap forward that takes us into a place of nonsense, and we don't need to go there because this, the game is not calling for it. Mikel Arteta is calling for it. The game is not calling for it. Uh, meanwhile, the other big story today was it was made official. Sandra Tonali will be serving a 10-month ban. Gab, can you just explain exactly what that is for? Yeah, so basically, uh, and we haven't had the actual written reasons uh, released, but um, Donali has admitted to uh, not just gambling on football, uh, but gambling on teams that he played for, although uh, he only backed them to win, but certainly he did it at Milan, and he did it um, at Brescia. On top of that, you know, he wasn't just going down to the local bookies, uh, where he probably would have been recognized. He was gambling on on, on what are known as unlicensed uh, websites, and and here you get into kind of the gray world of of gambling. These are uh, these are sites that you can you can access online. Uh, a lot of times uh, they'll give they'll give credit to people, uh, especially if if they know that they happen to be celebrities. They'll they'll guarantee your anonymity. You know, sometimes you can pay with with crypto or whatnot. Or other times, it's really old-fashioned uh, in the sense that, you know, you have a guy who comes by your house on a motorbike and you just hand him cash if you need to settle up bets. Now, um, Donati has decided, you know, he, he said that, that, that he's, he's an addict um, and, you know, he's basically as soon as his name came up, and his name came up because um, the authorities were investigating these uh, illegal uh, betting sites because obviously they don't pay taxes, among other things. Um, he, he agreed to cooperate, and that's why his ban, technically it's an 18-month ban, although essentially eight months of those um, 18 months are effectively suspended, uh, where he's, in, in lieu of that, he's going to have to do uh, appearances, talk about his gambling addiction, uh, and so on, speak to younger footballers. Uh, he's going to be away from football for, or away from actual matches uh, for ten months. Uh, he will be allowed to continue to to train with uh, with Newcastle. Um, had he not cooperated uh, and been found guilty, then he would have faced uh, three years. And had it be, been found that he had bet against his own team, or he had somehow tried to influence the outcome of matches, then the ban would have been even longer than that. Any sense, Gab, that this was known before Newcastle paid £60 million for him? I mean, seriously? This is some, like, nonsense that people come up with. Um, uh, look, I, certainly Milan have come out um, and they've said privately that um, they, they didn't know. Um, but I, 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 and I, certainly would, I certainly would believe them, if not because this goes back a while. And, you know, if you're Milan... Um, you know, you're, if you if you had found out, 
uh, you know, you could have taken legal action against Rana, you could have gotten him to stop, you could have preemptively gone to the authorities. There's 101 things that you could have done. Um, the reason he left Milan is because Newcastle offered him a ton of money uh, and Milan thought that it wasn't worth paying him those wages and they let him go and they reinvested in, in other players. I think it's as simple as that. This idea that Milan somehow played a, a fast one is just nonsense. Uh, Don, how big a blow is this for Newcastle? Uh, it's a huge blow. Um, and you feel for the player himself, even though he shouldn't have got into the world of pain that he's in, but you have to try and... He has to try and use this time, I think, to his advantage to cure his addiction. Uh, that's first and foremost. Um, it must be painful for him. The, the, the one element I didn't agree with when Ivan Tony got his ban, that he wasn't allowed to train with Brentford, I, I didn't really get the reasons behind that. I'm, I'm not sure what that does. I don't think that helps at all. So I think the the the, the shoots, I think, if you like, for Tonali, that he can still train with Newcastle. He could learn English and go to college and make sure he brushes up on his English and make sure in 10 months' time he speaks perfect English. But curing the addiction is the problem. Uh, and it's been around forever gambling. It seems to be getting worse because, as Gab said, these illegal sort of betting websites that the players and anyone can access these days. Um, so... I, I think it's very tricky for him. And you do feel for him because, you know, it, it, it's not going to be comfortable. He's going to be into a, a scenario now where he's, he's going to be, as, as Gab said, he's doing, going to be doing a lot of work away from the training ground. And it's probably got into, I would imagine, guys or whoever owns football clubs these days or whoever is signing the contracts off where it's probably going to be written in contracts now if you are guilty of betting and you get a serious ban you are not going to be getting paid because that would hurt the players big time. And I think it's only a matter of time before that ruling. In my opinion, that should be brought in. I think if you get a 10-month ban or any sort of ban, you do not get paid in the month that you're missing. So, yeah, this is, it's very sensitive at the same time. Uh, Newcastle then will have Wolves away without Tonali. Meanwhile, the game that certainly leaps off the page. We can take a look at the fixtures this weekend is the clash at Old Trafford. Manchester United taking on a Manchester City. Everyone going for a City victory apart from Mr. Contrarian, Gab Marcotti. <laughs> Why, Gab? So, I do, well, look, everything points to City. Um, however, uh, I kind of felt like their Manchester United are due a decent performance. They cannot be this bad. I was trying to think back. When is the last time that 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 they actually played well? So I'm wondering, you know, at home, um, so little expected of them. Uh, Andre Onana saved that penalty. Will we look back on it and say it's the turning point of the season? Like, it's all nonsense. I think City are going to win too. But I was trying to talk myself into saying, wait, what if they split the spoilers here? Well. <laughs> Hold on, did he? he doesn't Gab believe just his mind? I have no doesn't idea what I'm laughing just then. I think he changed his mind. <laughs> he went for a, a big old circle. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Uh, just a reminder, ESPN FC uh, will be back with you tomorrow to look ahead to that game in a little more detail. Plus, reflect on our Clasico between Barca and Real Madrid. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Uh, meanwhile, in the postseason, we have MLS. These are your nominations for the newcomer of the year. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I, I just go, I just post it to him and her. So, who? Messi. He's not going to win it, course surely. He is. How can you give newcomer of the year to Messi? Of course he is, because he's Messi. He's only scored one goal. No, <laughs> what? So? He's getting that. You think so? Aye. Who votes for it? Do we know? Well, players and uh, executives and front offices and uh, media uh, and all this. Uh, but, can, I, can I just tell you? Yes, of course you can, Ali. First of all, it would be embarrassing if Messi won it. And, I, and first and foremost, it's not like Lionel Messi, wherever he may be right now, is saying, you know what I really want? What Where I would really that come need? amongst all the other rewards? Yes. <laughs> MLS Newcomer of the Year, that's mine. The fact that they actually put Lionel Messi as a candidate for the MVP trophy, yes. which he didn't make the final, or, yes. or the final cut down, and if he had, it, it, it just takes validity away from anything and everything that has to do with this awards. If a guy has only played six matches, and I don't care if it's Lionel Messi, and yes, he has had a tremendous impact, but you cannot have him be a finalist. That was into Miami, wasn't it? They put him forward. Well, I know. I, I, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying MLS. I'm saying Inter-Miami or whoever it may be. But somebody picked him as a finalist for Newcomer of the Year. And it wasn't Inter-Miami. Inter-Miami just puts the name out there because they'll pull in El Messi for, for anything. And eventually he's going to get it in just about every list there is to get to. The truth of the matter is, is it's embarrassing if indeed he is to win it. What, what about the other guys? Well, I, don't, I guess we don't care about their feelings and their thoughts and their dreams and aspirations. They're not important because, hey, Messi, whatever you want to win, we'll make up a trophy for you. Uh, speaking of broken dreams and aspirations, the latest edition of Football Americas yeah. is available now <laughs> to check out on ESPN+. Plus. Be sure to do that. Uh, Seven Herc breaking it down, of course, looking ahead to the playoffs in MLS. Uh, that is it, ladies and gentlemen. That brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you very much for being with us. Uh, Stevie, you're going to stay for extra time? No, there's no choice, really. It's a rhetorical <laughs> question. Uh, Don's back as well. Stay with us. Welcome into today's edition of Extra Time. Don is here. Ali, 18 times, Stevie. What? That's how many times you touch your glasses during the show. Ooh. What? Somebody's counting? What's oh. happened? Well, I've got new glasses. They look nice. I like them. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. 
Well, it should be. 700 bucks. All right. Oh, okay. Well, 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 you can afford it, Stevie. You're big time. It rain. Well, the problem is, when I got them, I got them the other day, and I thought, I'll, be, I'll play safe and get to tighten them so they don't fall off. Yep, that's always a good idea. But then about two, two hours later, and my head was killing me. Oh, it was really sore on top of my ears and all that. Yeah. So I went this morning and got them to loosen them. Yes. Now they're falling off. Yeah, because every time you come <laughs> going to do that, oh. I've got to do that. Yeah. So I'm going back. The next chance I get, I'm okay. going to tighten them, just, tighten them just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It gets annoying after a while doing this. Get them lasered, Stevie. Oh. Get, Get them, them lasered. lasered. There you go. I've had, my, I've had mine lasered. No, I wouldn't have done in my eyes. It's the best thing I've ever done. Ten right, seconds scared, that Stevie, way. Uh, yeah. Ten I'm seconds scared, that don't. way. Don't, I'm it's easy. It's easy. It's ten seconds that way. Ten seconds that way. You wake up the next day, it's like your eyes have been washed. 30-year oh. wash. Oh, lovely. <laughs> there you are, Stevie. <laughs> I'll, I'll take your word for it. Oh, no, <laughs> nothing you'd no. be interested in. No, what not. about contact lenses? You ever tried them? Tried that. What happened? Can I get them in? Oh, that's a problem. <laughs> Spent an hour and a half one night sticking my fingers in my eyes, and yeah. right. eventually I just went like that. You have got big sausage fingers. Yeah, well. that's 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 doesn't help. Yeah. Little sausage <laughs> fingers don't help any. See, I'm alright with mine because I've got dainty little fingers, yeah. and oh, I can just stick it no. in and out. I bend them. That's it. Uh, right, how are you, Don? You well? I'm great. Fantastic. Busy this weekend. We've got Arsenal Chef U Saturday. Then the Don Derby, West Ham, Everton Sunday. <laughs> Don Derby, the only person who calls it that. The what the Derby. <laughs> And then Napoli Milan, I think, Sunday night. Oh, there we go. Beautiful. Uh, Stevie, who's more likely to get more Premier League goals this season, Son or Salah? Uh, Salah. Salah. What's the yeah. total at the moment? Do we know? No. But... Eight and if, seven. Well, if something happens in Madison, you wonder where the supply's coming for. Okay. For Son. Yes. Whereas if, I mean, that's a Salah supplies from two or three different areas. So okay. That's why I said Salah. Yeah. Not Son. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Hey, we're not talking about your glasses still. <laughs> you don't have to get mad about uh, it. Salah. Yeah, I'm going with Salah. Salah. Yeah. Salah. Don. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Which players on the Spurs team are you most surprised with, Don? Oh, good question. I think two of them. I think Pedro Porro and I think Romero at the back because it takes me back to when Newcastle beat them 6-1 last season and Newcastle were five up inside 21 minutes and they looked an absolute shambles. And the improvement in those two, I think, has been remarkable. Van der Ven. Van der Ven? Yeah. What about the goalie? Yeah, that too. Bicario. Bicario. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bicario, yeah. Ah, he's been fantastic. He just looks the part. Stevie, why doesn't Klopp play Endo in the centre defence midfield role and let McAllister play more freely like he did at Brighton? Because I don't think he fancies them right now. Oh dear. I don't think... I guess... I guess... All the managers use that. Well, hasn't quite settled in yet. You know, he's still <laughs> learning... Still learning the way we play. Okay, he's thirsty though, about, isn't he? Uh, it doesn't matter. I just because I don't think too many people would argue that to have Slobber's line McAllister further up would be better. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, he can afford to have McAllister a little deeper because they are pretty good still at going forward. But as I said, I don't think he trusts Endo. I think that's probably a better word. He doesn't trust him yet to start him and have the other two further up. Obligatory percentage question for Don. What are the chances Spurs are top of the league at Christmas? 
Oh, I mean, we mentioned the uh, the tough six fixtures they've got coming up. Mm. Top, I'd probably say 20%. 20%? Five minutes here at the top of the moment. Ali? Lower. Lower? Mm-hmm. What percent? 15. 15. Stevie? I'll probably go with Dawn. Yeah, 20. We have to be 20. is a good show. Yes. Uh, okay. Lovely. Uh, was there any team against whom you always tend to perform really well and look forward to that fixture? Newcastle. Oh, really? Always played well against you, sir. Well, you got a hat-trick against them. I got them, a hat-trick against them. I got a brace against them. Oh. I scored other times at St. James's in particular. Yeah. Uh, created chances at St. James's in particular. So, yeah, for me, Newcastle. Always played well against Newcastle. Don, would you have been at, this, at those games? Uh, what year, Stevie? What year? What, what year are we talking? Ooh, the first one would be '84. Yeah, I'd have probably been there. Last, on the last game. Wow. minutes to set up a goal. There you go. Then the following appearance, we the following year, I scored the first goal. A big, it was a big toe. Yeah. Through the, you have got big feet. Uh, big job through the, through the <laughs> You've goal. You've seen those feet. So I'd have been 13, 14 <laughs> watching you then, Stevie, on the Gallagher end. Uh, oh, beautiful. There we are. Nice memories. Yep. Making a little Don cry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as we now know, Don would have been wearing glasses back then because he got oh, laser. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Good, good observation. I'm just saying. There you are. Beautiful. Uh, Ali? DC United. Yes. And I have no idea why, and particularly DC United away. That's I'd, Seb's team, isn't it? That is Seb, but maybe that's it. that's why. Yeah, uh, made him cry. Yeah. If, if that meant that Sebi was crying, then yes, I Beautiful. took great pleasure in that. And the RFK Stadium, in particular, at their stadium is yeah. where I played the Is best. that where the raccoons are? That is correct. That yes. stadium is now falling apart, but hey. Do you know what was a great Well, I was there, it was great. It was a great place to play. Yes. But, it, but out with the field. This was a shambles. Oh, I mean, you, you, you really had to be careful on the way from the field to the dressing rooms. You didn't slip and break your neck <laughs> because there was leaks everywhere. Oh no! So when you were going back to when you were coming out for the game, go back in and back out and then back in at half time. You had to be really careful on the wooden because the wooden steps. Yeah. And they were all soggy and slimy. Ooh. And as I said, there was leaks everywhere, so there was always water. Oh, and like a mouldy, there was a mouldy oh, smell. Oh, mouldy smell. You know the mouldy smell? Yeah, I know the mouldy uh, smell. But the field itself was brilliant. Yeah. The surface was, was always, great. Yeah, it was always a good place. The surface. Always oh. It's a World place. Cup stadium. RFK uh, stadium. It's a World it's Cup a good stadium. atmosphere as well. Uh, yeah. But out with it, oh my, what a disaster. And I, I don't think I've heard you say out with so much. I beg your pardon. I oh, know, I like it, Stephen. <laughs> uh, Don, who did you like to play against? Spurs, White oh. Hart Lane. Just no particular reason. I scored the winner there for West Ham once, but every time I went there as a player, you just like, like being in that environment, like, like being at White Hart Lane, like a classy club, great stadium. Spurs over the years always played the right games. So you were never like going down to somewhere like Wimbledon or Palace, where you've got to roll your sleeves up and have a fight. You always knew when you played against Tottenham, you were in for a good game. Whether you whether you won or lost, it was always going to be enjoyable. So, I think Tottenham. Spurs. I always remember Spurs' programme, right? Yes. It was like a, a brochure where you could buy stuff. Okay. You know you know when you get magazines through the door? Yes, yeah, so normally on a thing, Sunday, isn't it? And it's in the in the the piece of paper piece of paper that you fill in. 
to buy stuff. Yes. Just to fall out. Yes. That's what happened with the programmes. You'd be sitting in the dressing room and all these bits of paper were falling out because they were trying to, every second page they were trying to sell something. Wow. What an interesting memory. Honestly, yeah. aye. Oh, was yeah. that? Oh, did you ever purchase anything? Yes. <laughs> did you I absolutely did not. <laughs> I wonder why Alan Sugar's worth about 200 billion. Yeah. Oh, there we are. Exactly. Um, oh, this is an interesting question, Ali. Okay. Who has been the most surprising player in La Liga this season? <sighs> Ooh, wow. Oh, wow. Well, Fermin Lopez is one. Yes. <laughs> in a very short term, Mark Yu is one. Yes. Bellingham's got to be in that conversation. Wait, but I don't know that... Uh, look, I think... Yamel? Early contributions from Lamin Yamal, of course. Bellingham, the, the, the productivity of Jude Bellingham has been a surprise. Yes. Not that he's playing well, it's the fact that he's scoring as many goals as he has, and then in fact Real Madrid has needed those goals because Rodrigo wasn't scoring, because Vinicius hasn't been scoring, and it has to, it has been Jude Bellingham, and it has been his responsibility to take it on, and not only has he taken that on, he's actually scoring a bunch of goals, and now, we're actually surprised when he doesn't score. That's sort of what, what this level of productivity has taken us to with Jude Bellingham. So in that regard, I take your point, Jude Bellingham in terms of his productivity. But I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stick with Fermin Lopez. And then Girona, just a whole... We had Girona, of course, and... Oh, Ooh. A whole package. Oh, I've seen you do that before, Dan. Ooh. <laughs> oh, out with. Out with. Out with the studio. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't saying it in a nasty way, Stevie. Of course you were. I wasn't. There was always, there's always something in wow. your uh, wow. statements. Wow. There's always a little something somewhere. Look, just because you've wasted $700 on those yeah. glasses that don't this think. Used to be <laughs> See what I mean, right? <laughs> See, now the two colours come out. Because well, Ellery went, oh, I think they're very nice. I do <laughs> think. Two-faced. Absolutely, you were just two-faced. I do like them. No, you've just told me a look at the stadium. <laughs> no, I did not say that. I said you spent $700 uh, on you... glasses that don't fit. Yeah, yeah. You're saying uh, that he has an agenda. It's on, hey, again. it's on, it's on. He has an agenda. Yeah, Get the lasers. Where the lasers? <laughs> There's always something under, there'll be under yeah, yeah. Uh, an undercurrent. Yeah. Never yeah. an undercurrent. We've had nice, I mean, Ali spent a nice day today together. Yeah, yeah. No undercurrent. Yeah. You come yeah. in, throw your undercurrent out with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Don, what is that pic? Oh, who sent this in? Mm -hmm. What's the picture over your shoulder above the Maradona picture? It looks like the old Wembley. Which one? Where we go? It is, well, it is, isn't it? It's when I scored the goal against England. Uh, took from a sort of helicopter shot. It's amazing. Uh, let me just get it up there. Come on, let's have a uh, look at it. There we go, God. look. Great picture. Everyone's so, in shot. Beckham, Tony Adams, Scalzi, Shearer. Everyone's in shot there. What's the relevance of that win? Well, we won 1-0 and scored the winner. So you went, you went through? No, we won 1-0. I scored the winner. What happened hey, in Scotland? See, Don, see, don't little sneak, little state. What's that? Don, it's a little smarmy dig at you because he knows <laughs> that you got knocked, we got knocked out. Yeah, it's a an, an aggregate. It so like, he's giving it, oh, Don, what's the, con what's the uh, significance? <laughs> well, it's, it's just it. Well, underneath his, well, his head, he's going. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's basically, it's a, it's, it's a frame of a consolation goal. That's what it is. No, no, see? it's the winner. No, it's the winner. No, it's over two legs, it's not. No, it's it's the winner. 1-0. If it's Champions League over two legs, you'll never have that framed. I would if you won 1-0. <laughs> I scored a winner. <laughs> you scored. <laughs> Don, have you ever scored the winner at Wembley? 
course I have. There you go, see? Yeah. There you are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with a caveat. That's in Germany and in Bremen. Where else do you want to name? Bremen? There you go. Know. Is it Germany? You haven't done that. Don, we were with you, and then you <laughs> took it to a different level, Don. Yeah. Well, okay. That's the levels uh, I take it to, there's, there's a second part to this question, which I'm not sure if it's a burglar <laughs> or anyone. Stevie, where do you keep your European Cup Champions League medal? <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. It's in the basement. Right. Under stuff. Burglar. Under stuff? What sort of stuff? I can't try to, I can't remember. It's not in your background. Well, we're going away. We're going to. So it used to have it out. Yes. Along with my other stuff. Yes. So I have like a. I have like a little thing. It's about that size. It's about 12 by 12, right? And all the, the major medals are in it. I think I've seen that, haven't I? Ah. Yeah, your place, yeah. So we're going on holiday and I thought. <laughs> I guess somebody. Put it somewhere safe under the duvet in I the basement. Somebody, <laughs> I guess somebody breaks in. So I stuck it in the basement. All right. A bit. Eight years ago. But if you're thinking oh, of yeah. if you're thinking of breaking in, you should see the size of Stevie's dog. Yes. Uh, think twice. Yes. Yeah. yeah very, or three times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's a quite little 150 pounds. Yeah. He weighs about the same as me, old so, haggis. Uh, take a chance if you want. Oh, on that one, Dan. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Dan, on that one, I had a pal yes. of mine who had a really, really expensive watch worth about 50, 60 grand. And he wow. didn't want to put it in his house in the most obvious places. So he put it in the like in a co in a coffee mug like where the coffee grains were like were used it oh, was yeah. finished and he put it in there because he thought no one will ever look in a coffee mug a coffee um sort of jar yes Th threw it away didn't he when you say mate, Don, <laughs> is this one of your stories again? No, 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 I promise, I promise it's not me. I've heard it from somebody. No, 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 I promise you, it's a good friend of mine. A good friend of mine done that. He's trying to be a little bit clever, so he didn't right. want to put it in the sort of obvious places where burglars might have looked. So he thought, wow. I'll put it in an empty coffee jar, because I know it's there. A burglar's not going to go and make himself a cup of coffee, but he wow. forgot months and months down the line, and he's seen it empty, and he threw it in the bin. Wow. Was it Jason McAteer? It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe that is it. That brings us to the end of uh, today's show. Uh, we will be back tomorrow to reflect on our Classico, plus look ahead to Manchester United against Manchester City in the Premier League. Out with. <laughs> Undercurrent. <laughs>